Welcome, welcome to Moa's Ark, where God dwells, Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me see. This is my fourth broadcast. I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. This is Prophetess Dawn coming to you guys the only way I know how as myself. I'm telling you, I am perfectly imperfect. Uh, So I pray that these uh, podcasts have been a blessing to you all. I think I'm going to get better the more I do them. Uh, But the messages, the content uh, is is so vital. It is so, so vital. Um, I wanted to talk tonight about something uh, that I've been want, I've been having it on my mind for a while. And it just seemed like um, tonight I'm just flowing. I'm just overflowing <laughs> with a whole bunch of stuff. And once I get caught up with all of these uh, things that God has on the inside of me, then I might slow down for a little bit. Um, but I wanted to get this one out. Um, and just talk about, um, you know, as, as Christians and, and this new way thing that's going around, you know, with all of this false positivity and, and spiritual, you know, uh, utopia, you know, bypassing and, and all of that. Just wanted to talk on it for a little while. Uh, you guys know, or some of you who listen to my other broadcasts or even, you know, go on to my, um, my page on social media, you all know that at the beginning of this year, I started life coaching and, um, the premise or the focus of my life coaching is to provide, you know, practical tools to people, you know, tangible stuff, you know, because I began to look around and I just saw that, you know, we, we all get a good word. We know the word of God. We know, you know, just the scriptures, we know how to apply, you know, the principles, but sometimes there's a gap, you know, there's a gap. And so I endeavor to help to bridge that gap, uh, to, and, and to help usher people into a place of, you know, wholeness and completeness. And, you know, just like Jesus said, you know, that they may have that abundant life. But one of the things that I noted as I started counseling uh, or coaching, or I say coaching others, was that, you know, a lot of people live in this fantasy world. You know, we're not real. You know, we we, we live in, in this, um, I don't know, this place in our heads, you know, that's not factual, it's not actual, you know, and oftentimes, especially as Christians, especially as Christians, we we got this persona that we try to live up to, you know, this false pro- positivity, you know, everything is all right, you know, it's all in God's hands, God's going to take care of it, God's going to handle it, you know, and we put on this mask as if to pretend like everything is okay, you know, when in all actuality is not. So tonight I want to talk about that. And if I can, I want to get into a little bit about uh, forgiveness. Uh, but just want to take you guys into um, into that. And then I got another one I got to get out of me uh, around conflict management. Uh, and I may have some others that I can come up with. So I'm trying to develop a cadence for how often um, you know, I'll come on, you know, maybe like once a week or something like that, but I don't want to over inundate you guys, but you know, I believe that this stuff will bless somebody. So if it's not for you to listen to every episode, don't even worry about it, but just get in there and get what you need to get, you know? So, all right. Love you all. We're going to jump into this. Amen. I tell you sometimes when we hurt we hurt (laughs) sometimes when we get annoyed we get annoyed and sometimes I mean we just try to act like stuff don't bother us that bothers us and we try to pretend like you know we're okay when we're really not um 
I do this activity with uh, my uh, clients that I coach and I try to get them to a clear understanding of the core of who they are, you know, starting out with their core values and the things that hold true to them. Because I believe that once we understand who we are at the core and who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us, then we are able to uh, develop the necessary boundaries in life to dictate what we will and will not accept or tolerate. But a lot of times, <coughs> excuse me, we just fall into uh, a practice and a pattern of just faking it until we make it. We fake and we pretend like, you know, things that we feel are not, um, are not there, you know, with all of this social media and, you know, all of this stuff and, and social media is new to us, uh, new to our generation, uh, but it's something that we've become accustomed to. It's almost become like a utility, uh, in our daily living, but, when we get into the social media, we get all of these, you know, memes and positive, um, you know, just, just, uh, you guys ever seen those, those memes that, you know, have all of these positive vibes and, you know, give you all of this advice and make you feel like, you know, stuff is just going to happen for you because you can just relate you know, and even not the memes, just sometimes the post or even, you know, on Instagram, you know, they do these videos and things like that. And then on the flip side, we get all of these negative, you know, images and thoughts and all of these things surrounding us, you know, and uh, it, it gives us a false sense of reality when we inundate ourselves with that, you know, we just and 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 engorge ourselves into this unrealistic world, okay? So with Instagram and you know other social media and the posts that we see, you know, they're not allowing us to have tangible, actual, you know, energy, whether it be negative or positive thoughts. You know, it just, it, it makes us feel like everything and everybody surrounding us is one way or another. And then it leads us to, you know, sometimes just not even tending to our emotions or tending to our thoughts because we allow them to become so abstract that we don't even deal with the issue at hand. I was reading an article and it quoted a um, writer. I believe he was a Buddhist teacher or something like that. And I can't pronounce his name, but he said something to the effect of feelings like disappointment, embarrassment, irritation, resentment, anger, jealousy, and fear are actually very clear moments that teach us where it is that we're holding back. They're like messengers that tell us with terrifying clarity exactly where we're stuck. So think about it. When we feel disappointed or we feel embarrassed, sometimes we don't even want to, we don't even want to talk about certain things. We don't even want to acknowledge those things. And sometimes we think that acknowledging them will uh, make us somewhat accountable for the behavior of others. I think about it like this. When we were growing up, my dad always used to say, no one can ever embarrass you. You can only embarrass yourself. So in other words, because you don't have um, control over the actions of others, what other people do cannot embarrass you. So let's say that, you know, I'm somebody who's materialistic and maybe a sibling or a family member or someone, you know, doesn't have the means, you know, to, to have what I have. I'm not going to be embarrassed by that individual, you know, because of 
their, you know, how, how they present themselves are better yet a better thought is, you know, maybe poor behavior, you know, out in the streets. When we go out in public and somebody wants to be irate or ignorant acting, that's not a reflection on me. But where I think I would get caught up as we were growing uh, up is that I understood the piece about embarrassment. What I didn't understand was when things happened to me directly, when people did things that were, um, you know, disrespectful or inappropriate or anything like that. I didn't understand how to not be embarrassed by their actions if I had to articulate what had been done to me. So a lot of people deal with that. But I believe that emotions serve as flags uh, for us, indicating the opportunity for us to learn. So challenge, sorrow, change, discomfort, conflict, hatred, depression, and anxiety are paths to help us to grow and uh, grow and change in our lives. Pain or discomfort or uncomfortable experiences can be leveraged to help us grow past our current emotional and spiritual state. I did a, I tried to start up a a book club um, to just start engaging more with the community of people that are associated with uh, my Moa's Art page. And the first book that I wanted us to read was The Emotionally Intelligent Leader. And I think that it is important and is vital for us to learn how to be emotionally um, stable and emotionally intelligent. And that's actually not the name of the book. Uh, What was the name of that book? You know, pray for me because one of the challenges that I have is just my short-term memory. For some reason, I have a hard time with things that I, I know I know and I know I remember. But anyway, I'm gonna just because I mentioned it. Okay, it was Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. I think I had another one. But anyway, I wanted us to uh, start out there to help us to grow, you know, emotionally uh, mature. So, but the emotions that we have, oftentimes they are... They are given to us by God. They're given to us as gifts, as tools to help us to gauge where we are in our maturity and our spiritual and emotional maturity, and also what areas of change need to be made in our lives. But what we do is if we um, displace our emotions with that fake or false uh, positivity, all that does is perpetuate a lot of the mental illnesses or the labeled mental illnesses. And and hopefully, I pray, because sometimes when I be doing a uh, podcast, I think about topics that I want to talk about. And one of them is just the, um, the falsehood of some of the labeled mental illnesses, you know, such as depression, anxiety, you know, different things like that, that you know, you had some people that got in a room and named uh, an emotion and created it into a disability or an illness uh, for the benefit of gain or financial gain. But anyway, uh, that false positivity perpetuates those emotions and it causes us to fall into what is declared as, you know, oftentimes as clinical depression. You know, and once we get there, we get the false, um, not the diagnosis, but we get the false or the fake treatment that tells us that we need to just focus on the positive and we don't need to think about or think too heavily into, you know, the negative. And so when I was doing my, um, certification for life coaching, one of the things that I 
just really did not agree with uh, with the instructor was the area of um, there's an activity that they do or a technique that they have where they have you to drop in and out of your thoughts as if you drop into a negative thought but you only maintain that position for a moment where I believe that God has given me um, revelation and understanding that we have to be able to process through our thoughts. We cannot just drop in and drop out of them as if to dismiss them. We cannot do that because when we do that, we don't learn how to practice the ability to manage uh, through those thoughts. I believe that, and, and I say this oftentimes to uh, my clients and those that I coach, uh, that we can't control our thoughts. There's no way that we can uh, control, and let me be clear, we can't control the thoughts that come into our mind, but we can manage those thoughts or we can, you know, manage or control them after they come in. So for instance, you know, what you allow in your gates, your eye gates, your mouth, you know, the other gates, um, your ears, uh, what you allow in oftentimes will be the drivers of those thoughts. So, you know, just practically, if you watch a horror flick or um, sometimes I'll watch IDTV and maybe I might get a thought of, you know, uh, you know, murder or if something may bring fear to me because a thought came in, you know, about maybe someone trying to get into my home at a certain time. I didn't put that thought there. I couldn't control that thought, um, but I can manage that thought and manage the um, effects of that thought. And I think the point that I was trying to make uh, is that when we dismiss our emotions, then we fall into uh, the traps of these uh, different types of depressions and, and, and feelings. I want to encourage you tonight to... Um, to embrace, embrace these emotions. Pray about it. Ask God to help you as you're struggling with either depression or sadness or anything because the human experiences that we have, oftentimes if you are in a dysfunctional or toxic environment, and I'm just going to be honest with you, most situations that we find ourselves in are that way because you don't have people who are equipped with the tools that they need to live mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy lives unless they take the deliberate action um, to learn those things. But when you find yourself falling into a place of depression or sadness or feelings of being incomplete, begin to evaluate the emotions that you're feeling. And then from those emotions, begin to establish, um, you know, what it is that you are willing to uh, tolerate and what's not healthy for you to tolerate. So, I, I think that a lot of the people that I target and my ministry is oftentimes geared towards women. But the reason that I say most of the time, you know, during a human experience, we're dealing with some form of dysfunction, some form of, you know, um, uh, issues because we, I mean, we just live in this world and that's just the way that it is. So a lot of people don't come to me for coaching, you know, because everything's great in their lives is because they get stuck. They get stuck in negative emotions. They get stuck in negative thinking and they just simply do not know how to uh, break free. And the reason that people come to me, even even family members and friends, is because they just need somebody who's going to be unbiased, uh, that's going to help them to see, you know, where their challenges are and help them to be able to work their way to it. 
But one of the things that I just want to emphasize and um, on is just that we cannot allow the trauma of our lives to just be swept under the rug. As difficult and as hard as it is, we have to be realistic. We got to be real about what we're dealing with. We cannot have all of this fake positivity. It's just horrible. It's horrible. And we live through it from generation to generation to generation. It is nothing wrong with when there is something that doesn't go right, when there are emotions that you that don't sit right with you. It is nothing wrong with you embracing those emotions for the benefit of understanding what they are, why they are, and how you can move forward, okay? Sometimes our emotions are good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're even ugly. But my point is we cannot continue to sweep them under the rug and just pretend like uh, these emotions don't exist as ugly as they are. We need to sometimes just admit and acknowledge that we have feelings of sorrow, resentment. Sometimes we're jealous. Sometimes we're envious of people. And we just need to be able to acknowledge these things and deal with it and deal with it. Allow ourselves to just be vulnerable, to unfold, to to allow our emotions to flood us, to just embrace it, to allow it, to to, um, let God bring these things to the surface and don't cut it off. Don't cut it off. Stop trying to cut it off. Get the help that you need to help you to move forward. I was listening to uh, Jackie McCullough maybe a week or so ago, and she was just talking about an experience. She was sharing an experience that she had (coughs) with one of um, her congregants. And uh, the lady was struggling. I think she said that she was, she was like a weed smoker or something like that. And so she was struggling with, um, overcoming that habit and I think she had done well with the weed but she had picked up maybe drinking or something like that no 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 no. I'm sorry it was actually smoking so she had she stopped smoking the marijuana but she had picked up like regular cigarettes so you know she had been walking alongside with uh uh Pastor McCullough and she had been being prayed for and just, you know, going through deliverance. And if I, I hope I remember the story right, but um, it had come a day that they were supposed to be having their regular prayer. And uh, the lady had said that she didn't want to participate. And so, of course, as uh, Dr. McCullough had began to inquire as to why, she said, you know, because I, I just, you know, I'm struggling with this and I just can't, you know, and I, I, I want to let it go. And, you know, I don't know why God hasn't taken this. And so she actually admonished the lady to be real, you know, and, and to be honest. She said, look, God is not taken away because you're lying. You're lying. You're not being honest and truthful. You don't want him to take it away. As a matter of fact, you love the way that it makes you feel. You love doing it. And and she started explaining how, you know, the uh, smoking, the activity of smoking is, is more of a social drive, you know, for a lot of people. So it's something that you enjoy doing. So just get real with God. Just get real about, you know, what you're dealing with and then tell him, look, I, I love this. I love doing these things, but I love you more, but I don't know how to release it. And I don't know how to let it go. And that's the realness that we need to get before God. And we just need to be real and, uh, and, and allow him to take these negative emotions out of our lives, right? We want to be able to 
um, breathe into a place, you know, in our bodies where we were once stuck. We want God to breathe into us. We want to experience a softening when uh, we allow that space of all of those emotions to just flow and just to come through, but just to ask God to take it. Sometimes, you know, we just, we enjoy wallowing in self-pity. We enjoy, you know, having disagreements and being the victim. We enjoy being the martyr. You know, some of the, the experiences that we have, while they will drive us to a certain emotion, it's okay, like I said, to experience the emotion, but we don't want to dwell there. We want to be able to live a life that is healthy emotionally uh, as well as uh, spiritually. And if we can't accept or allow ourselves to have that space or that place where we can just be human or we could just be real. We could just understand that while there are labels that tell us that if we feel an emotion for a certain period of time, that we're depressed, that we're this, that we're that. So we like to try to turn off those emotions. We like to just, you know, be, um, try to pretend like we're happy when actually we're not instead of processing through them. You know, if we run from certain emotions by staying busy or express, expressing that fake positivity or abusing, you know, substances or cutting away, you know, at our lives, then that pushes us into a deeper place of, uh, you know, our condition that becomes worse off. And, and most of the times it's because, so I have a lot of people that are around me that will abuse substances. They'll, you know, they drink casually and then, you know, when they get certain emotions, they, they want to drink or they want to get high. It's because they don't want to uh, deal with those difficult emotions. But if you begin to honor those emotions as gifts. If you can to use those emotions as gifts, um, the reason that I talk about or, you know, deal with those labels that are passed down by, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists um, to people is because it places a stigma on the human experience. When in all reality and all actuality, the closer you are to your emotions, the more human you are. So what I believe a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists do is they try to uh, condition you in such a way that you become subhuman or you become abnormally human with, you know, maybe medicines or maybe, you know, different things. But it's good for us to um, to embrace our emotions because ultimately it will help us or give us an opportunity to live fully and help us to have integrated lives and every part of ourselves. We have to learn ourselves. And the only way that we're going to learn ourselves is if we allow our feelings and our emotions to be felt. All right. So here's the challenge for you. Here's what I want you to do. The next time you have a sense of anger, fear, or sorrow, I challenge you to pause, get real still. And I want you to remain silent. I want you to notice the feeling that is in your body. And then I want you to just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. And I want you to place your hand on the spot, either in your chest, your stomach, your throat, where that emotion appears to be. And I want you to recognize these feelings and I want you to honor your humanity. I want you to know that because you are feeling these feelings, that you are human. 
I want you to take that moment and I want you to know that those challenges and those emotions that you are feeling in that moment, eventually they will fade. Eventually they will shorten and eventually they will roll away. It's important that you own your feelings and know that nobody, absolutely nobody, can make you feel any way. You allow people to make you feel a particular way. But I want you to learn your emotions. I want you to own your emotions. And as you learn and own your emotions, you will learn how to manage them. You will learn how to rule them. You will learn how to take reign over them. As long as we feel like people are triggering us to certain emotions or certain discomfort, we have a immature level of emotions. So if you are blaming people for your anger, for your resentment, for all of those other things, that that it, it only means that your emotions are immature. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing to acknowledge that you have immature emotions. We just simply need to grow. We just simply need to grow. But it is bad. It's horrible. And this is something that we've been doing for years. For years, we have been discounting our emotions because we feel like we, you know, we feel like we want to be above certain things, but you cannot be above humanity. You can't be above humanity. You can only be the best of who you are or the worst of who you are. All of the other stuff is just a facade. It's what we try to project because we don't want to display the real us. The real us. We we laugh at um, a lot of times. It, it just tickles me every time I think about it because uh, I think it was, it's been a few years. Let's see, 2012. This is 2019. Uh, So about seven years since uh, we got custody of my uh, stepson. And when he first started coming around, well, of course, he's been around since he was a baby. But as he started talking and and we would get him more often uh, and eventually he came to live with us. And so one of the days uh, he was he had got into it with one of the kids and he said, oh, you're going to see the real me. You, you're going to see the real me. And we, we still laugh about that to this day because he was under his best behavior every time he came over. You know, he's learning his siblings and, you know, he didn't want to portray himself as one way or the other. But at one point, I mean, they hit one of them nerves and struck one of those emotions. And he was like, oh, you're going to see the real me, you know. But I would encourage you to, from a childlike state, at least over the next few days, begin to embrace the true you. Begin to embrace the real you and stop living under this false positivity like everything is everything, like nothing bothers you. It does bother you. Something should bother you. Embrace your emotions. Honor the gift that God has given you. I want you to seek God and I want you to ask him for the integration of all facets of who you are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because remember, at the end of the day, Jesus loves you in the agape, unconditionally. He loves everything about you. And guess what? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And so when we engage with and have relationships with people who don't love us for the core of who we are, then that's always going to cause issues. Not just with your relationship and how you relate to them, but because you try to suppress a part of who you are, that's unnatural. 
That's unnatural. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's ugly. And what's going to happen as you begin to embrace your emotions and understand better about the bad and the ugly, you're going to want to start to enhance those areas of your life. So ask God for total integration of every aspect of your life. I don't want you to get discouraged by the difficult moments and the emotions that you feel and don't push them away or don't diminish any of your experiences by encouraging or embracing fake positivity. I want you to uncover and understand your emotions and the demands of those emotions on your day-to-day living. Be yourself. At the end of the day, be yourself. No matter where you are, be the best of who you are, be the worst of who you are. Understand who you are. Stop, stop, stop. Today, I want you to stop suppressing and feeling ashamed of your emotions. I want you to embrace your emotions. Embrace the emotions that God has given to you as a gift. As a gift. And so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about tonight was forgiveness. (laughs) Forgiveness. And I guess I could say this, uh, because I know a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast, but... I want everybody to know, especially if you are within my inner circle, I love you. If you are a part of my immediate family, I love you. If you are a part of my extended family, I love you. Uh, There are some people who are closer to me than others, uh, but I love everybody. You understand? I love you in the agape, but there are some things that occur in my day-to-day living that God will allow me to use through ministry. And so I want to put this disclaimer out there. I'm not attempting to um, uh, dishonor or disrespect anybody. And I mean no disrespect, so don't take it personal because trust me, it is not personal. But I will use stories that will help me to minister to others. So I just want to throw that out there real quick. So um, a few weeks ago, and I shared this in one of my other broadcasts, God blessed us to have a phenomenal uh, women's retreat for the women of the family. And we named it Hope for, Heal- Hope for Healing. Uh, for the women and and we had uh, a therapist come out a psychiatrist come out and we were doing all this stuff to um, you know to help with our mental and emotional health health because we don't focus on that kind of stuff especially and I and I can only speak to the African-American community because I'm a part of it but I always say especially but I don't know I don't know what other cultures are doing but I can tell you within my family unit we don't put a lot of emphasis on uh, areas of mental or emotional health Uh, not because we're so adverse to it but because a lot of times we just don't have you know the insurance to do it we don't have the copay money you know just like any other health issues we just we 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 on the on the lower end of of some of this so we don't focus on it uh but anyway we were in a session we were in the group session and uh my husband's niece began to talk about uh and this this is i'm not gonna get too you know into the stuff that was um you know, just sacred, uh, that I shouldn't disclose, but I I just got to share this story just for context and background. But anyway, so she was talking about, um, you know, uh, having family members that don't particularly agree with your choice for, you know, your, your mate or your companion. So, you know, initially, because I kind of had some challenges, (laughs) you know, with uh, my husband's family, I, I, I thought she was referring to me. So, you know, I, I got, um, I got hurt. I, it really was, it was an emotion of hurt. It really was. I, I just got a little hurt. 
And I was like, oh, really? So I was very strong in my response. I was very impassioned uh, and, 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 and intense with, you know, just discussing the issue. And I got very emotional and, you know, uh, my mom kind of, you know, gave some advice and, you know, and I, I just, I, I got real intense there. And so what it showed me was the area where I felt I had forgiven them, you know, for the things that, that I felt that they had done over the years, I actually had not completely forgave them, even in the moment, right? So I had my little, you know, outburst, and I'm not even going to say it was an outburst. I was just, I was just expressing, you know, how I felt in a very impassioned way. Um, but uh, my my uh, aunt pulled me to the side after the uh, the session. And it's funny because my family has never really seen me engage with my husband's family. Like they've never seen me like that. They've never experienced me really in my adulthood because I, I pretty much left uh, Detroit when I was in my early 20s. So, you know, I, I haven't really stayed connected and they haven't seen me. So it was kind of like my aunt, she has an image of the strength that uh, my family should have. And it's funny because right now I'm getting a little emotional because I was just, I, I felt so comforted by her pulling me to the side, you know, afterwards, because she kind of reminded me of who I was, you know, she kind of reminded me of the stock that we came from. And then not to mention, she took away every excuse that I could have for not forgiving uh, my husband's family, and even put it into to the right perspective that no one, absolutely no one should take up enough space in my mind, in my heart, or in my being to cause me to fall short of being able to experience heaven. So that was just my experience with forgiveness. And and I just wanted to bring this to you all tonight because we are commissioned to forgive. But sometimes I think that what we do is we misinterpret what God intended for forgiveness and to acceptance, right? And sometimes we forgive without grieving. We don't allow the possibility of, you know, going through, like I stated before, just those emotions and embracing those emotions as tools to help us to gauge where we are and what we need to process through. Sometimes we just don't. So a lot of times as Christians or as good people, we just feel like we just need to forgive. We need to forgive. And I agree. I I do believe that we need to forgive. But a lot of times because we've been harmed by people who are toxic, there are people, listen to me, there are people that are just simply Toxic, And I'm just going to say that whether they are under the influence of a demonic spirit or whatever, there are people that are toxic. Now, I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, I'm not even going to go into that paper I wrote years ago when I was going to school for theology about whether or not it's innate, evil is innate or nature versus nurture. I'm not even going to go into that. The bottom line is people are toxic. And if given an opportunity to harm people, they'll continue to do it over and over and over again. So sometimes the demand for forgiveness causes people to forgive before they're ready to. Because we just feel like as Christians, we just need to forgive. Now, yes, we need to forgive. Yes, we need to be quick to, you know, forgive. But again, it's that area of acceptance that we don't need to do. And, and, and what it pushes us to, because we feel the pressure of that demand, we'll say stuff like we've forgiven, uh, but we really haven't. 
I, when I went through that experience, um, at the retreat and my sister-in-law, and here I go getting all teary eyed and emotional about this and, and this, um, glue from my <laughs> lashes is getting in my eyes. So my eyes burning a little bit, but you know, people oftentimes will say that, uh, they've forgiven things and, and they didn't. And sorry, just my sister-in-law, when we were, when we were talking through, um, and my sister, and say my sister, when we were talking through that, those experiences that I had, and she mentioned, she said, well, what do you do when someone has stated that they have forgiven, but they haven't been able to move on? Like when, at what point do you forgive and do, and you move on? And so I was still in, I was still sitting in my emotions, but not acknowledging the emotions. I was trying to pass them off. That's why I couldn't control my thoughts or my mouth. And so I responded back and I said, it's difficult for a person who was a contributor to the pain to ask that question. Right. So it's hard for, for me to be able to receive from someone who, who caused the pain to say, well, why can't you just get over it? And not, not to say that she did particularly, you know, um, but I, I don't know. So that was, that was my response. But what I realized later in the day, especially after having talked talked to my aunt that I didn't, you know, I didn't fully resolve the situation and it wasn't fully forgiven. And what happened was it snuck up on me. It, it just literally snuck up on me and I wasn't aware, you know, that I hadn't forgiven. And once it was brought to my attention, then I was like, whoa, <laughs> I should I should have been able to forgive you know, and why can't I forgive? And then I started feeling ashamed because one of the things that I instantly thought was I was there to serve the family in this retreat. And I wanted to bring, we brought Dr. Chantel in uh, to do the, the group counseling. And I didn't want to monopolize the time on my issue. I wanted to be able to serve the others. And so instantly, you know, I started feeling shame and guilt because again, I was trying to avoid having those feelings. I didn't grieve, you know, I didn't grieve those transgressions. I never grieved those transgressions. I just simply stood on my religious and moral beliefs. I just, I just felt like, you know, I had to forgive them immediately. I had to just overlook their transgressions because if I wanted God to be pleased with me, I had to forgive them. I, I, I felt like that was God's will. So I had gone for years not directly addressing things, not managing the conflict, not uh, seeking to understand the behavior and building and bettering the relationships. I just simply was like, okay, I forgive and I'm going to let it go. But every time it got brought up again, and I'm talking about some, you know, some, some, some real transgressions, (laughs) you know, but I also felt defective, right? I felt like it's gotta be something wrong with me. It's gotta be something wrong with me internally. It's gotta be something that I am a minister. I am a uh, 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 I was about to say pastor. <laughs> I'm not a pastor. I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet. I minister to women. I love women. If I don't love nothing else in this world, 
I love me some women. And why can't I forgive the women of my husband's family who have hurt me so deeply? I must be defective. It must be something wrong with me. You know. And I know, I remember growing up, and this is not a slight against in any way, you know, the way that we were raised, because I love how my parents raised us to love one another. It was, it was almost like it was an unwritten rule that you have to love, well, the, the written rule was that you have to love each other. So we all knew that. That was overt. It was something that we all knew. I don't care. At the end of the day, we had to love each other. But it was an unwritten rule that you ain't have to like each other. Didn't matter if you like them, but you got to love them. And what love means is you have to maintain respect. If somebody offends you, you got to forgive. You know, my parents didn't tolerate a lot of, you know, fighting in the household and, and disagreements and arguments and things like that. But one of the things that we didn't learn was how to have you know, healthy uh, exchanges and, and conflict and things like that. And I believe that that's, you know, just in every household. So I felt um, defective. I felt defective. Like there's something wrong with me, you know, because I have this demand, right, to forgive that's coming from my upbringing, you know, from my spiritual and and moral and religious beliefs, you know, from my, you know, social and cultural beliefs. I, I just, I need to do this. Why can't I get over this? Why can't I forgive? And that put more pressure on me, uh, to, to forgive, you know, because I felt like it's gotta be something wrong with me, especially because I can't move on. Especially because when I revisit these issues, I feel the same emotion because I can drop into those emotions and drop out. And then the next day, if you bring it up again, I still feel, you know, just as bad. You know, I don't like the feeling of resentment. I don't like the feeling of unforgiveness. You know, so sometimes we, I don't, I'm just going to speak for me. I don't take the time to really process through the actual issues so that the forgiveness at the end of the day will be real. And that was the thing that I learned when we had the, um, when we had the retreat. I needed to understand that I had not forgiven these people. I simply bypassed my emotions. I didn't embrace my emotions. I didn't go through, you know, the emotional states that were caused by the loss and and the issues that I had dealt with. I didn't go through the grief. I didn't go through the, you know, the anger, the just, you know, God, I I just, I don't want to not be angry. I don't want to not be hurt. I don't want to not, you know, like Jackie McCullough said, be real, be honest. Stop lying to God because he already knows, you know. And then I didn't process through. So I didn't, you know, I didn't embrace my own feelings. I didn't, you know, I didn't really deal with the issues. You know, I wasn't ready to move on. I wasn't ready to move past them because I was afraid. 
I really wasn't afraid. And, and I think that sometimes even, you know, as I think about it right now and um, just my ego, you know, my, my ego sometimes to, to acknowledge the emotions that I have bruises my ego to know that I allowed, you know, certain behaviors to go on being unchallenged. Right. So it, it, bruised my ego. So I I never dealt with those things. And another reason that I feel like, you know, I wasn't able to to really get rid of that intense anger and and resentment is because (laughs) some of the transgressors, you know, were still causing hurt. They were still doing things uh, to, to hurt me. And to, you know, continue with the same, you know, behavior. So I would encourage you, you know, don't be too quick to assume that the anger and resentment uh, that you have, you know, is really due to unresolved issues. Uh, And if you forgive, the anger will subside because in all actuality, as we go back to what I was stating before about those emotions, your anger is a protective mechanism. And sometimes it's used to alert us to the problems, you know, so that we can protect ourselves and prevent prevent ourselves from going through further harm. You know, and and when we are engaged in toxic behaviors, you know, and things that are happening and we don't get ourselves out of it, then sometimes we get pushed further and further into anger because subconsciously there's something that's happening in, in your mind that is telling you, I need to protect you. I need to protect you so that anger rises up. So that's why I said we have to be able to embrace the anger. But what it does is it manifests itself into guilt and shame because we feel like we need to forgive and we need to move on and we mistake forgiveness for acceptance. So we need to know that just because we forgive, it doesn't mean we have to accept. It doesn't mean we have to trust. It means that we have to forgive in the sense that we are empathetic with the individual. We are empathetic. Some people hurt. And I, I'm almost sick of a lot of these uh, church isms, these colloquialisms that we develop in the church, you know, the cast statements that we repeat over and over and over again, you know, about hurt people, hurt people, but that's not an excuse. That is not an excuse. As a matter of fact, as a person who has been hurt, you have a responsibility and an accountability to not hurt others because you know more intimately how it feels. I remember early in my adult life, me and my sisters were having a conversation and we were much closer when we were younger. Uh, We've become estranged over these uh, last few years. And I mean, our family used to be so close. Uh, But anyway, my oldest sister was, uh, we were talking about something. I can't remember what, but we started to talk about our families and just, you know, having abuse around our children. And she made a statement that has always stuck with me, you know, and don't, don't tell her. I I know she don't listen to my podcast, so she ain't gonna get the credit. No, I'm just kidding. But she made a statement about, being in uh, volatile or abusive, violent relationships around the children because we knew how we felt when we saw our parents, you know, go through the challenges that they suffered through, you know, in their relationship. So it, you have a greater level of responsibility because you know what it feels like to have gone through that, you know. And um, the same thing with hurt. You know, you you can't just stand behind because I'm hurt. You know, I'm going to hurt you. That's not an excuse. You know, so remember, accepting, I mean, forgiveness is not accepting and it's not trusting. 
you know, it's, you have to be able to establish boundaries so that you can protect yourself from not being hurt again. Okay. I want you to embrace your emotions for every situation and circumstance that you go through. And I want you to forgive, but I also want you to protect. I want you to understand that when people are causing you hurt, that you have the right to embrace and honor the pain. You have the right to embrace and honor the emotion and to allow those emotions to be indicators to be able to protect you, to be able to guide you, to be able to lead you so that you can reach a healthy place. I want you to also focus on the resolution of the issue. Sometimes you may have to manage the issue to a resolution. And I want you to focus on resolving it. Don't just sweep it under the rug. It it was so easy for me. It was much easier for me to disengage with my husband's family than to deal with them directly about the things that brought me discomfort and embarrassment. It was embarrassing you know, to be treated like an outcast or rejected or to know that, you know, certain things had occurred that they didn't know that I knew about. It was much easier for me not to face them, but then to go before them and challenge them to a higher place of accountability. Because had I done that maybe 10, 15 years ago, I may have had a closer relationship or I may have been able to cut out you know, some of the toxicity, but the way that I dealt with it brought me to um, a, a recursive place of, you know, it just just not being able to um, to heal, you know, not being able to heal and then being faced with it, you know, again, and experiencing the sadness and, you know, the disappointment um, that uh, that I did, right? I had a fear of abandonment. I, I feared that my husband would not um, be pleased, you know, if I didn't just allow his family to do, you know, whatever they they wanted to do. And I knew that challenging them would bring issues into my household, you know, so I just chose not to deal with them. But again, it brought me to such a day where here I am serving the family (laughs) and I spewed all over, you know, the the meal, you know, so um, we have to deal with those issues of the heart. We have to deal with forgiveness, but don't feel pressured into a demand to forgive. Know that God has the ability to heal your heart. We don't have the ability to heal ourselves, and we have to allow him to take full reign and control over those areas of our lives that we don't have control over. And that doesn't mean that you lift your hands completely off of the situation and you don't take the tangible, actionable steps to bring yourself into a complete place of healing. It just means that you allow God to guide you to it. You allow him to be your guide, allow him to... um, 
help you process through the emotions that you feel. No longer will we live in this false falsehood, uh, this this positivity that is just, I mean, it's insane. It is insane. It works against the nature of who we are to pretend that we don't have certain emotions, that we don't have, you know, certain expectations, that we don't, you know, desire certain things. We are human. We are human. And while we know and we understand that man is fallible, man is imperfect, um, we know that. But we should be able to trust. We should be able to expect loyalty. We should be able to be uh, to expect, you know, confidentiality. You know, I, I've got certain people that surround me and I'm telling you my circle, my inner circle is is a few. Is a few because if you walk in proximity to me, I'm, I promise you, because of the call that is on my life, the enemy is going to try to use you to attack the Christ in me. And it is not personal, it's not because you know you're a bad person, but it is a direct reflection of where you are in your spiritual maturity as to whether or not he can drive you as a weapon and wield you and weaponize you against the assignment that is on my life. So that's why I keep only a few and sometimes I have to go and retreat and withdraw, you know, because I know the tactics of the enemy. He's been doing it, you know, for a lot of years. So I know and I understand it. Um, but we need to embrace our emotions. We need to uh, understand who we are, who we are, what are our core values, what do we stand for, and we need to surrender, be vulnerable, go beyond the veil, allow God to walk us through it, to walk us through it. And I am here for you. I am here for you. And as I stated at the beginning of this broadcast, you all know that at the beginning of this year, I started uh, with the life coaching. I'm still here. I'm still here because it's all about helping us to become whole and to become complete. All right. So I've said enough for tonight. Uh, I hope you got something out of this message tonight. I pray that the healing process begins. I pray that you uh, trust God enough to allow yourself to be yourself and know that if he loves you, he makes no mistakes. It is the world and those people who feel that you are difficult to love who are the mistake. They're the mistake. They're making a huge mistake because it is easy to love you. It is easy to love the Christ that is within you. And I accept you. I embrace you. I acknowledge you as who you are. And I want us to be whole. I want us to be healthy. So tomorrow... I don't want you going into the workplace. I don't want you going into your school or any other establishment and going and saying, Prophet has said, embrace my emotions. So I'm angry now and I'm going to show you. No, that's not what this is all about. (laughs) Don't forget the exercise. Drop into that emotion. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Consider what's going on here. Why am I feeling this way? You know, what should I do? What is the best next step? All right. All right. I love you so much. And I pray that this was a blessing to you. Have a great day. Good evening.